The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. Now, now, Bubba, I know that, thankfully, we have a number of people who listen to the Advisors Roundtable, sometimes live, sometimes podcast, all those other opportunities, maybe even out there on the Internet. But um, I'm, I'm going to say something, and uh, I hope there's one person not listening. And this one's not my wife, okay? Yeah, but all right. I hope Big Brother's not listening. Uh, all right. All right. So when I say Big Brother, mm-hmm. everybody in our mm-hmm. social lexicon knows that that means... The government. The government. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it now that I've done the little disclaimer. And I got to say, that's a big ask, yeah. right? Because the government is very, very big. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they're not as big as Google. I'm okay right. with Google listening right. to this. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> Or Siri or Alexa, because they hear everything, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What are they going to yeah. do to me, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, so, I don't pay attention to everything that comes out of Washington. I know that for many people listening out there that are addicted to CNN or Fox News, they probably think, I just committed heresy. Because mm-hmm. how are you going to keep up with what's happening? Do you pay attention? Uh, I I tend to agree with you. So mm-hmm. there are there are certain things that you hear that kind of make the headlines, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just noise, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's you know one group or one party saying that they want to do this, or another party or group saying that they want to do that. If you listen to one party, yeah. they're going to tell you the other party's trying mm-hmm. to get rid of Social Security, yeah. mm-hmm. and the other party's going to tell you that the other party doesn't love your children. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you really Get bogged. And then at the end of the day, what actually becomes law? There you go. Now, that's usually when I start to pay a little of attention. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll throw some attention at it if if it actually becomes law. Because if you get yourself all torqued up about everything that could, you know, come out of the House, or will it get through the Senate, um, how much stuff actually becomes law? So um, I heard, um, kind of going down this political route, uh, but mm-hmm. in the state of Mississippi, there's the the, the House Speaker, Philip mm-hmm. Gunn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I heard him speak one time. I don't know if it was at a Rotary Club or to a group of students or, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. basically on how a bill becomes a law. You know, and he's got it down, and he's got the meter and the tone, and okay. he, he can just kind of rattle this thing off, and, you know, and it goes this way Did and he goes do the back old that Sesame way. Sesame Street yeah, thing or right, whatever. whatever right. You know. oh, okay. And I thought it was, you know, that, not fascinating, but pretty fun and entertaining to listen to because mm-hmm. there are so many different aspects of how these bills become laws. Oh, my goodness. So I say that to say, you know, even on a national level, mm-hmm. how many bills actually become laws? That's a good question. I'd like to know the statistics. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they'll talk about a bill is being introduced. Well, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Right. Yeah. 
Uh, a bill is being voted on today in the mm-hmm. House. Do I still need to get torqued up about it? Not necessarily, because it still has to to pass the Senate, yeah. and then from there it needs to go to sign uh, by the, the, pre- president. the president, right? And in the meantime, and it could be vetoed and have to go back to the Senate. They had know? a million yeah. committees right. look at it, and all kinds of debate, mm-hmm. and fifteen people on Fox and CNN doing their blah 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 related to it. So I I just say. Hey, I'm not going to pay attention until they pass something. Mm -hmm. Because then it is law, and then we're going to have to deal with it, and we're going to have to learn it, and we're going to have to to figure out how much it's going to cost us. Right. Right? Yeah. How am I going to change my life? Mm -hmm. Then it changes my life once it becomes law. So out of the last few years, very many laws come out that have affected your industry. The financial planning, financial advice, very many are that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah, so there, there actually have been. Okay. Uh, and significant, uh, I think, laws that have been passed mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Uh, one of them was the SECURE Act. Mm-hmm. And I can't even talk about the SECURE Act anymore because they've done the SECURE 2.0 Act. Right. So secure, let's spell right. it, S-E-C-U-R-E is Correct. the way you spell yep. it. Uh-huh. And that is an acronym for setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Correct. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad you said that because I sure did not remember it. <laughs> setting yeah. every community up for retirement enhancement. I want to know who uh, is responsible for coming up with the acronyms <laughs> for all of... <laughs> All of these laws and bills, right? I, I bet it is somebody who mm-hmm. went to law school, but also is maybe an English major, right? So, you know, and a marketing major, <laughs> gotta be, yeah, yeah. So, so the Secure Act. Now, what did the Secure Act, the original one, kind of do? And 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 the 2.0. I think that we need to spend an entire show on that. Like we're going to yeah. do that today mm-hmm. because this is something. This is a law that'll affect you, right? This is a law that will affect your children. Mm-hmm. This is a law that's going to affect your mama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think if it's going to affect me and if it's going to affect my children, it's going to affect my mom. I probably need to understand about this. Right. Very much uh, conversation uh, gone on related to the secure and the secure 2.0 and just the regular press so that the John Q public walking the street would understand it. You know, not, Have you heard it? Not much in the regular press. No. In the financial press, there's been uh, obviously a little bit more. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's funny that you bring this up, and uh, just thinking about a story that I related to uh, to new employee uh, Wes, who started with us, mm-hmm. and I handed him some old uh, CFP manuals and, and study material that I had, and I looked at it, and, you know, and I said, "Well, you know, this is incredibly out of date, but some <laughs> of the principles still apply, right? Right, right, right. Um, you know, from the the general financial planning, but you know, on the tax." Okay. scenarios right those have drastically oh. changed oh, yeah. so i went back and i looked at this material and, and that's back when the uh the estate exclusion mm-hmm. or or uh, the amount that you could die and have in your estate uh without being taxed was five hundred thousand dollars oh boy right and we're at 12 point something million now yeah, per individual, per individual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's drastically changed mm-hmm. in that landscape yeah. over the last 20 years yeah. right yeah and it's going to continue to. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to have to continue to uh, because, uh, you know, shifts in population and mm-hmm. demographics and, and things that people are willing to vote for and pay for and also technology and mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Believe it or not, it's going to affect your, your your pocketbook personally. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the secure 2.0 and things that affect you, things that affect your children, things that affect your mom from the Advisors Roundtable. So thanks a lot for hanging in there with with us at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you. We're talking about a piece of legislation that's recently come out that we probably need to uh, to uh, pay attention to. Uh, four or five things I, I just want to start with, Bubba. Um, uh, we're going to f- focus on these changes, and one of the reasons that the, the, the legislature, and I'm talking about Washington, uh, one of the reasons they came out is because um, they have acknowledged that we have personal financial issues in America, and one of the major issues we have is related to retirement. Right. Now, you and I pointed out this statistic last week on one of our shows where we're talking about 40% of Mississippians who are on Social Security rely on that for the majority, Social Security. They rely on Social Security for the majority of their income. Right. Correct. Now, when you and I were doing the old CFP, mm-hmm. Certified Financial Planner Education, they told us that retirement income ought to be a three-pronged stool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right, so what were the the three legs on this, this stool? One of them was Social Security, right? Correct. Right? Yeah. And the other one was like a, a pension or a 401k thing, and the mm-hmm. other one was personal savings. That's right. You know, like yep. if you had rent houses yep. or mm-hmm. uh, if you had timber or whatever. Many of us don't don't have those other two. Right. So that's a crisis. A lot of people get to retirement, and is your body worn out? I, I you know, I, I don't feel like mine is going to be up to snuff when I hit retirement. Well, you know, we have, people, and I feel like I'm in better shape than most. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we have a number of people who walk in mm-hmm. and they're 65 years old, and they've spent mm-hmm. 45 years yeah. on a concrete mm-hmm. floor. Huh? Working hard mm-hmm. on an assembly line for 45 years. Your back, yeah, your knees, your ankles, your hips. You know, and I'm probably pre- uh, you know preaching to the choir out there, but you get there and you do need to cut back. Yeah. You've had individuals ask, uh, you know, what's your favorite memory of childhood and they say my back not hurting every day. <laughs> there you, you know? go. Yeah, and, and so you get to the point, you probably do need to work less, mm-hmm. and your body's screaming that, um, but Congress has said, hey, you know what? A lot of you can't afford to do it. Right. So we're going to kind of focus on this and try to help with retirement security and income and financial well-being yeah. and what. We're going to pass a new yeah. law. I, I read a little snippet of, about the Secure 2.0 Act, mm-hmm. and just as a broad sense, right, mm-hmm. what does it do? Mm-hmm. Well, there's about 92 different things that it that it provides for in this bill we won't or in this law. We're not going to get to all 92, <laughs> but just to say how sweeping this is, right, 92 different things that this bill actually does. Yeah, and... Um, I'd encourage you, if you're anywhere mm-hmm. close to retirement or in retirement yeah. or you're thinking about retirement, which is probably most of us, because even if you're in your 20s, you're probably trying to think about retirement and figure out when your you know, rich uncle or daddy Warbucks over there will leave you in his will. Um, if you're 
if, if you're interested in right, retirement, uh, Google S-E-C-U-R-E 2.0. But today, we're going to go over 10 or 11 of these. Um, These are things that we really need to understand from the point of view of our own personal finances. All right. Number one, RMD age change. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's break that down. What is RMD age, uh, first of all, as a concern? And then we'll get to the change. So, and in order to talk about RMD age changes, we have to talk about what it was to begin with. Absolutely. Or what it used to be, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and and we've talked about this uh, time and time again. Mm -hmm. Um, Within an IRA account or a 401k account, Mm -hmm. Um, you have, in essence, put away money in a tax-efficient manner or a tax-deferred manner, in essence, all your life or all your working career. So if I made $500 mm-hmm. and I decided I wanted to put 10% of my paycheck mm-hmm. in my 401k so I could save for the future, but I right. also get to save some taxes today. Correct. So $500, 10% is 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's fifty dollars that goes in the four hundred one k. Right, but I don't pay tax on that fifty dollars. You don't pay tax on that fifty dollars, nor do you pay tax on the growth of that fifty dollars because usually it's invested. Mm-hmm. And over a long period of time, we've talked about what putting fifty dollars away per week or or, or whatever will grow to. Mm-hmm. So the government says that you've gone all these years without paying tax, and by all that's holy, we want our tax money before you grow, yeah buddy. pay up, sucker, right. <laughs> And so the way they do that Mm -hmm. is they say, hey, we're going to let you get away with this Mm -hmm. until you reach a certain age. That age used to be 70 and a half. Right. So you got to be age 70 and one half, and you're now required to take these distributions. Now, you're not required to take 100% of your account. So let's say that you had put money away and you had $200,000 in your 401k or IRA over these years. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you reached age 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, you would probably be required to take somewhere between six and $7,000 the first year. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that neighborhood, right? So you're required to take it out of the account, pay a little tax. Pay a little tax. Because that was your, your whole point. By all that's right. holy, we want you paying yeah. tax. And then you could do whatever you wanted to with the proceeds after the tax was paid. All right. So let's say that you wound up with $6,000 after it was all said and done. Okay. You can turn around and put that into another investment account. Okay. You can go to Tahiti if you wanted to. <laughs> you could give it away to grandkids. Right. You know, right. You could you know, take it in cash and roll it out on the bed and roll around in it if you want. <laughs> so, Whatever you want to do. So until a year or two ago, the age was 70 and a half when they right. start making me do that. Right. And that's the time your required minimum mm-hmm. distribution had to start. Right. Right? Correct. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a pretty drastic reduction in account values at that time. Mm-hmm. And they made a one-time provision during some, some COVID law that mm-hmm. they passed that said, this year, we're not going to require that. Okay. So if you were age uh, above 70 and a half or right. you were age 80 right. in that particular year, right. you weren't required to take a required minimum of distribution. Okay. You still could if you wanted to, but you weren't required to. Okay. So you could leave it alone. And then they passed a law later on uh, and secure basically 1.0 right. that said, all right, now we're going to change the age to age 72. So it went from 70 mm-hmm. and a half when I have to start all mm-hmm. this business right. to 72 just a year or two ago. Correct. All right. 
Now that we've gotten into 2023, mm-hmm. it's up to 73. 73, and it's going to graduate up to age 75 over a number of years. Okay. So right. now we've got a whole new calculation that we've got to do as far as uh, clients go. Yeah. Well, when's your birthday? When do you turn 73? Mm-hmm. Are you phased out at this level? You know, okay. and that sort of thing. Right. Um, but in, in essence, uh, beginning in 2033, mm-hmm. which is 10 years from now, the RMD age is going to be age 75. Okay, so it's, we're going to slowly but mm-hmm. surely get there. Now, what are they implying to me if they move it up from 70 and a half to 72, then 73, and over time to 75. Are they telling me that they think we're getting older, that the the demographic is moving, that we're we're living longer? What's what's the message? I think you're hearing uh, this in in that. Uh, Number one, that people are living longer. Mm -hmm. Number two, that people are working longer. Mm -hmm. So... If you're working longer and living longer, you might want to extend the time at which you take those required minimums mm-hmm. uh, because from their their perspective, uh, they're going to get the tax anyway. Yep. The, the other right. thing is they're afraid if old Daddy Warbucks Phil, mm-hmm. our executive producer over there who rolls around in that cash nightly, he just mm-hmm. doesn't do it you know, yeah. once a year. But um, if he starts early, he may run out. That's right. And mm-hmm. one of the major issues in retirement planning is running out of money. I don't want to run out mm-hmm. of money. And the government's realized that you know there are some people who are getting up there and they, they, they made them start taking this out at 72 and now their life expectancy is going mm-hmm. up and they might be 90 one day and ooh. Right. And if they run out of money, what's going to happen to our society? Mm-hmm. And we don't want great-grandma running out of money when she's 90. Correct. Because, you know, her back hurt her Mm -hmm. bad enough when she retired when she was 72. And at 90, I don't think she can have that job Mm -hmm. waiting tables. Correct. Um, So, not just financial and not just legal and not just tax, but also demographic and human interest has gone into this. Right. Do you... You feel good about what Congress has tried to do here? I mean, we're actually trying to give them a compliment? So I I do, and and here's why I say that. Uh, When you give more flexibility to the individual end consumer or the the end user, Mm -hmm. so in this case, Daddy Warbucks, Mm -hmm. now he has more options available to him. He's not required to take a distribution at age 70 and a half. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's going to be age... You know, 73 or age 75 when he's required. Mm-hmm. You know, required means mandatory. You have to do it. <laughs> and the penalty if you don't do it, which yeah. used to be 50% of what you were supposed to take. It's has been, still severe. It's still severe. Right. Right. So you don't want to not do something you're required to do. Correct. But until then, mm-hmm. he wants to pay tax. Right. He can. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, he wants to put it off. He can until he gets to that required age. Mm-hmm. And if it's longer out in the future yeah. for him, 
That means he might have uh, not just more money left over at the end of his life, but more options here at this time of his life. So we're going to continue to this discussion about this recent bill that came through Congress and actually passed and is now law, Secure 2.0, here from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. At the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Supertalk Radio, and we appreciate you for being here. We're having a discussion about the Secure 2.0 Act that has passed Congress and has become law and we're living with now. Some of those, I think, are really good refinements here. Here's one we're going to get uh, in the weeds here for about a minute. I, well, before we do that, so we talked about the RMD and the penalty, yep. right? Yep. So the penalty used to be that if you had a $2,000 RMD to take and you didn't take it, mm-hmm. your penalty would have been 50%. A thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. If I had a five thousand dollar one to take, twenty five hundred dollars. It'd be a twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. That has still been reduced to twenty five percent of what you should have taken. So if you're supposed to take out twenty five yeah. or, or two thousand dollars, mm-hmm. it'd be a five five hundred dollar penalty. For, I, but I still have to take out the two thousand dollars and pay tax on. And it. I still have to pay the tax. Correct. So I have to pay tax and a penalty. Right. So there's a lot of incentive not to mess this up. Make sure that you take your RMDs. Right. Now, in order to help people, now, obviously, you should be an adult, and you ought to put it on the calendar, and you ought to be keeping up with it, because, dang it, mm-hmm. it's your money, and it's your right. account. But on the other hand, in order to help people, how, to, how do custodians and other people who hold this money for you help you out? So, uh, generally speaking, what we like to do for our clients is set them up on auto- automatic distributions. Okay. We know that, uh, without a doubt, you're required to take these. Mm-hmm. And to every degree possible that we can, mm-hmm. we set them up on automatic so that either January of every year or monthly they're going to calculate it and mm-hmm. send it out, however we're going to do it, but it's done in an automatic fashion. Right. And... We do that because we don't want you paying that 50 right. or 25% penalty or whatever mm-hmm. it is in your case. Um, we want you to comply. Mm-hmm. We want you to have the money to be able to have the flexibility of what do I do? I put it in another investment account. Do I give it away to a church? What, whatever right. I spend it, I go to Tahiti. Um, but all institutions are required to give you notification. That's right. They're supposed to send you a letter mm-hmm. and say, hey, your RMD has arrived and you're, you're supposed to take it by such and such date. They're, they're required to do that. And um, to my knowledge, every one of them I'm aware right. of, they comply too. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because they can have penalties mm-hmm. if they don't try to help you here. Now, that get deep in the weeds thing, I, I, I want to address just for a minute or, or two related to these RMDs, the required minimum distributions, and a change that's secure made. The act now has eliminated RMDs for employer Roths. Mm-hmm. All right. So to a lot of people, that is right over their head. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, what the heck did he just say? All right. So let's talk about the difference just for a moment of retirement accounts, the difference between an IRA, 401k, mm-hmm. Roth, and how this this act kind of uh, unified the rules about Roths, mm-hmm. all right? So if you set up a Roth throughout your life, you put $2,000 a year in, your, in a Roth IRA, how is that different from a traditional IRA? And if you're doing it as a contributory, a Roth, mm-hmm. 
You never have been required to take any money out of Roth. Correct. But if it was in your employer's plan, mm-hmm. you were told you had an RMD on that. Right. All right. And so now they say, uh-uh, uh-uh. We're going to eliminate the RMDs for these qualified employer mm-hmm. Roths, and all Roth rules are the same now. Right. That's just basically what I needed to say. And I think that's good. You know, it makes things consistent, and everybody understands, you know, a Roth is a Roth, and, you know, traditional or regular IRA are going to have different rules. Now, that Roth, that's the rule. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take any money out of the Roth. wonder what the reasoning is on that. Because they've already gotten their tax. They've, they've already paid their tax. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what does the government care? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all of that's true as long as Bubba is alive. Right. And he's established. He's mm-hmm. He was the account establisher. What happens when you die with your Roth? So, the, those rules have completely changed. Ooh. Right. Uh, and I think I'd like to start with regular uh, IRAs first. Okay. On the death. <clears throat> On the death of an individual. So Daddy Warbucks has a $100,000 IRA and leaves me as beneficiary of it. Uh-huh. And this was, you know, several years ago that this would have happened. Okay. The old rules would have said that if I were his child, then I could extend or take, uh, in essence, lifetime distributions or my own RMDs on that account based on my life expectancy. Okay, so he was older than you. Mm-hmm. He's Daddy Warbucks. Yep. He's older. He left you as the beneficiary. Yep. He was having to take out based on his life expectancy. Right. Which may have been 20 years. Okay. Now, I'm younger, right? So my life expectancy may be 45 years, so, which means that the amount that I'm required to take, required to take mm-hmm. out of that account would be less. Would be a lot less. Right. Yeah. And that's good for me because I didn't need it anyway. I've got my own job and, you know, just let that money sit over there and cook and, and earn more. Right. Yeah. 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 Which w- w- would have worked out well. And that provision uh, many times was talked about as a stretch IRA. Okay. Because you could stretch those payments over another person's lifetime. Okay. Those have changed. Mm-hmm. So on, on traditional types of money and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, mm-hmm. if it's a non-spouse, mm-hmm. uh, those distributions or accounts have to be distributed within 10 years. Of when? After you receive it. So after the death of, of Phil in this case, okay. and I receive this account, mm-hmm. I now have to distribute that account to me okay. over a 10-year period. All right. Now I can do 100% of it in year one. <laughs> Okay. I can break it up into equal installments over 10 years, mm-hmm. or I can wait and in the 10th year take all of it. Mm-hmm. I've got some options there, okay. but still over 10 years. So what does that do? Mm-hmm. That accelerates the tax that I'm going to pay on that. In a, in a traditional right. account. Correct. Because whether he pays mm-hmm. the tax because by all that's holy, they want the money. Right. Or it's gone to you, you're going to have to mm-hmm. pay the tax. Yeah. Okay. So average life expectancy, I, I think I heard the other day, is uh, 78 to 80 years old mm-hmm. in America today, somewhere in that neighborhood. So let's say that, uh, that he's begun his RMDs, mm-hmm. right, and, and he passes away. Mm-hmm. Well, it used to be that if I were his, his child and I had, had gotten that IRA, mm-hmm. then I could stretch that over my lifetime, yeah. which would be an, you know, another 40 years. Make the money last longer. Make it last a lot longer. Okay. 
But now I've got to take it over a 10-year period and pay the tax. Mm. So the government gets their tax money a lot quicker yes. in this case. Yeah. Even though they've extended his age to age 72 or 73 on the required minimums, yeah. over a life expectancy and somebody else inheriting it, mm. they're going to get their tax money a little bit quicker. Uh, yes. And a bunch of actuaries, mm -hmm. people who love math, yeah. Probably sat down with... Is, is Bean Counter a better name for actuary? Yeah. <laughs> I think in the country yeah. that's what we yeah. call them. Uh -huh. And so they sat down and, and talked to the elected officials and the people at the IRS and mm -hmm. Department of Labor and a b bunch of other entities and said, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, the people who set these accounts up, they're probably the voters. Now, we're going to talk a little politics mm -hmm. here. Yeah. All right. So if we look at demographics and the way that voting goes, the majority of the votes in America are cast by people who are mm -hmm. over the age of 40. Yep. Okay? And so those are the people that right now we probably need to pander to. Right. Right. <laughs> but we also need our tax money. Mm -hmm. So we're going to throw this thing out there and make it look like we're benefiting these older people and trying to make the money last longer and giving them longer until they have to pay mm -hmm. their tax. But in the long run, if we make Bubba, this younger person, pay it over a shorter period of time, we're going to get our money faster. Correct. Right? Now, Greg, I know I interrupted you and you started down a path, but I went down a rabbit hole, oh, right? I love it. So, uh, but we did that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where you were going. With so let's you, go back yep. to Roths. Yep. What you just described mm -hmm. to me was the way that inheriting a traditional, mm -hmm. we got to pay tax on it account mm -hmm. would be an IRA or 401k, 403b, right. that kind of thing. This had tax mm -hmm. benefits, but how does a Roth work? How does a Roth work when this? daddy Warbucks leaves you his mm -hmm. hundred thousand dollar Roth? And in the past, well, if it wasn't a Roth that came from a 401k, mm -hmm. you know, uh, then, you know, the, he didn't have to pay any tax. Right. He didn't have to take mm -hmm. any RMDs. But can you put off inheriting a Roth forever and nobody, you didn't, or yeah. does that account last forever? Or are you required to take any money out of a Roth? How's that working? Now, I think many of those rules have kind of uh, aligned themselves with the IRA rules. Mm -hmm. So if I inherit a Roth these mm -hmm. days mm -hmm. or now, mm -hmm. those uh, rules are kind of aligned, and I've got to distribute that Roth over a period of time. Even though there's not a whole lot of tax on even it. Though there's, well, and even though there's no tax on it. Right. 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 But what does that do? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you distribute that money to, to me in this case, and what am I going to do with it? Well, I'm either going to spend it, which goes right back into the economy and, and you know, helps our consumer-driven economy, right. or I'm going to pay for a child to go to college, which kind of helps there, or I'm going to put it in uh, and, and pay off debt with it, or I'm going to put it into an investment account. And quite actually, you did those three options, and that's about mm -hmm. um, the list of ways that mm -hmm. people prioritize how right. they do this. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. People inherit a little money, probably first thing they're going to do is spend a little mm -hmm. money, all right? And then after they spend a little money... Spend a little money or spend a lot of money? <laughs> and, and then maybe they spend a little on their family. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they pay off some debt. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they think about becoming a saver and an investor. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the way it, it kind of works sure. in our psyche and in practicality and the... 
you know, the bean counters mm-hmm. know it. Right. They know we're like that. And so that's part of the reason that all these rules are written like they are so that we can keep the economy going and um, uh, infused with either tax dollars or new dollars on the street. So after this break, we're going to come back and talk about uh, uh, two or three more of important provisions in this act, the Secure 2.0 from the Advisors Round. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. And we're, Bubba, we're talking about this act, the Secure 2.0, and some of the new provisions here. Now, I'm going to spend the next little while talking about retirement plans. Okay. Like 401ks. Yep. All right. Did you know that this Secure 2.0 let your employer offer small financial incentives for you to actually join your plan. Mm-hmm. They can give you gift cards to encourage you mm-hmm. to join your retirement plan. Now, let's work through the reasoning there. Why would my employer want to give me a gift card to encourage me to be in the retirement plan? You know, it, it comes down to incentive, right? And most individuals in the United States don't realize what a big deal it is to save for your own retirement. Mm-hmm. And I've said time and time again that just starting somewhere is going to be more than what most people do. It is. You know, most people don't even participate, right. which is another thing that I wanted to get into mm-hmm. some of these other provisions mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give an employer the, uh, the authority or, or authorization or uh, incentive to mm-hmm. help encourage participation in a plan. Right. And giving a gift card of $25 or 50 whatever it is, right? To sign up. To sign up for the plan. Right. Um, and allow them to deduct that or get an incentive uh, mm-hmm. for that plan. Mm-hmm. And in the end, we'll take less or more of the burden off the United States government uh, for each individual participant or employee. So why would an employer want to do that? Uh, just because they like you, because they love mm-hmm. you, because they, they want you to hang around until retirement, because uh, they want this to be an attractive place to mm-hmm. work? Uh, all of the above. All of the above. Mm-hmm. Right. So don't be surprised. Right. If, you know, mm-hmm. when the, the annual review and the annual yep. time to get yep. in the plan yep. comes around. Now, as an, an, as an employer, mm-hmm. you know, I think to my, you mean I've got to incentivize somebody with a gift card to save money on their own? You know, it, it, it sounds a, a bit ridiculous, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. But in our society, quite actually, it's pretty uh, common. Mm-hmm. For adults to need a little prodding. Sure. Sure it is. Yeah. And an incentive to be thrown mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Uh, so along with um, with changes to 401k plans, mm-hmm. a couple of the things that I think are, are very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, there were some increase in the deferral amounts and, and limits and that sort of thing that you can put into the plans. And, and that means the amount that I can stick in there and it can come out of my paycheck mm-hmm. I'm allowed to do more. That's right. Right. So you're allowed to do more of a deferral. Okay. The catch-up amounts are a little bit more okay. uh, and that sort of thing. So I think those those are good, okay. all said and done. All right. All right. And if people, um, if they really want to accelerate their savings, it's one of the easiest ways to do it because it's going to come out of your paycheck. 
before you even see the paycheck. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have some tax benefit, that's another incentive here. But when they increase the amount that you can put in and the amount, if you're over 50, that you can uh, catch up with, that's all the more carrot Mm -hmm. to be hung out there for, hey, here's more of a tax benefit. Here's more money that can go into your account. And consequently, hopefully you'll have more. Right. Here's one of the big changes that I I think that I like and I agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, Beginning in 2025, Mm -hmm. so two years from now, Mm -hmm. there's going to be an automatic enrollment that will occur for any employee that's eligible for a 401k plan or retirement plan. So you go to work for mm-hmm. Super Talk Radio mm-hmm. and they tell you they have all these benefits. And they have a 401k. Okay. Right. It used to be optional whether I I, I had to elect to, to enter that plan and do that plan. Okay. Right? All right. Beginning in 2025, if I'm eligible, right. I'm going to be automatically enrolled into that plan. Okay. And if I don't want to be in that plan, I've got to take a step to opt out of the plan. Okay. So they're going to assume you want to be in. Uh, they're not going to assume that you... They're putting you in the plan. <laughs> and if you don't want to be in the plan, then you've got to make an election to opt out of the plan. Right. So automatic enrollment is mm-hmm. going to occur at, in 2025 right. for new employees? For all employees. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that you know, it's going to be wide, widespread, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not only will it be an automatic enrollment, I think it's going to begin around three percent. Okay. But every year that you're a member of that plan or part of that plan, you're going to have automatic increases. Okay. Up to about ten to fifteen percent, whatever the plan provisions will provide for. Okay. So. You know, if you start somebody out at 3%, let's say mm-hmm. they make $50,000 right. a year and 3%, then they're going to be putting in $1,500 Correct. over a year. Mm-hmm. And then every year we're going to increase them? By 1%. So in 10 years, mm-hmm. you started me with three. You're going to be at 13% contributions in 10 years, which I think is good. People okay. are saving more for their retirement, mm-hmm. right? Uh, more than likely most 401k plans are going to offer a match. All right. So not only are you, uh, contributing to this plan, you're also getting a match on the money that you're putting in. Okay. Which I think is good. I still go back to the question, why in the world would the employers want this to happen? I don't know that the employers necessarily Uh want it to happen. (laughs) The government says that it needs to happen so that people will have enough money saved for their retirement. And, um, you know, Hey, employers. Mm -hmm. This is probably going to cost you a little bit. Yep. Because you, uh, you know, you're going to have all these employees that maybe yep. now not, won't be in the plan that are going to be signed up. Yep. Yes, they still are, you know, free Americans, and they can walk into HR and say, uh, 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 I don't want that. Yep. But they're going to have to go mm-hmm. to this, this extent, right. this step. Right. Yep. There are a couple other sections that I think are, are unique uh, in this bill, and, and I think we've got three or four minutes here, but I wanted right. to hit on these real quickly. And I've got a list here. Okay. So section 115, and uh, you know any IRS code is going to have sections and numbers and codes and all that kind of stuff. Right. Section 115 uh, permits participants to access up to $1,000 once a year from their retirement plan for emergency needs okay. without the penalty. Still going to owe the tax, All right. but you can get up to $1,000, and that begins in 2024. All right, so let's talk about what you mean, mm-hmm. the penalty. Right. 
Uh, if you're under age 59 and a half mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you take a distribution from a retirement plan, you're going to get a 10% penalty. In most cases. In most cases. But now this new law says I can right. do $1,000 a year and not have to pay that 100 bucks. That's correct. that's 10% of 1000 Correct. But I'm still going to have to pay tax on that? You will. Thousand. Okay. You will. All right. All right. Section 127 allows employees to set up a Roth emergency savings of up to $2,500. Okay. Okay. So beginning in 2024, mm-hmm. you'll be allowed to put in some money into a Roth emergency savings fund. Mm-hmm. And should you have an emergency come up, you can go get that money to pay for emergency bills, which oh, I think is really good. And since it's Roth, I already paid tax. And it's so tax-free. I, I don't have that tax. You just yeah. told me I may owe, uh, owe mm-hmm. on the regular distribution of $1,000 if it comes from the... That's the, right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Um, another provision, Section 314, permits survivors of domestic abuse to withdraw the lesser of $10,000 or fifty percent of their retirement account without penalty. So I think that's a good thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Section 331 lets uh, victims of a natural disaster, uh, if it's qualified federally, you know, to withdraw up to 22,000 from their retirement account without penalty. Okay. So a tornado comes through the area, Mm. uh, you've got a a disaster, Mm. you know, that's a a source where you can get some funds to help pay for things or Mm. or whatever you need. Insurance deductibles, all that stuff, right? So, you know, natural disasters, mm-hmm. I guess, would be included up, up to, to twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand without penalty. Okay. All right. Um, do you have people call you from time to time wanting to take money out of their retirement account because they had a you know a catastrophe? Right. And and generally there's not many options available for them to do that. Right. You know, they can they can take a uh, a distribution, mm-hmm. but they're gonna be charged a penalty and tax. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can get a hardship distribution if they've got an emergency or disability or something along those lines without mm-hmm. the penalty. So, right. uh, but it's it's cumbersome. Yes. So I think giving individuals the ability and access to some of this money mm-hmm. for emergency needs. Mm-hmm. Now you know uh, the the requirements for record keeping on that are going to be a little bit cumbersome. But so employers yeah. out there who have these mm-hmm. plans, you need to be aware of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever is helping you with your plan probably needs to assist you and to answer some questions here. As, as you said, mm-hmm. there's going to be some record keeping. There are going to be certain yeah. forms that have to be filled out. Some things are going to be available online if you have online access and a portal for your plan. So a lot of things are going into this, and employers are probably going to be more involved in your retirement right. than they have been in the past. Correct. That's a quick cursory coverage of Secure 2.0 here from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.